The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. I wanted to get the perspective of uh, of our first guest, who is an Indigenous legal advocate and policy analyst. Uh, so interested to hear her perspective. And just to get you up to speed, if if you don't know all of the details of the toppling of this statue over the weekend, uh Multiple demonstrations took place uh, after this statue was taken down, essentially pulled down in Montreal. And um, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau uh, has weighed in on it. He says that he's deeply disappointed by this vandalism. And that means tackling systemic discrimination everywhere it exists, taking significant measures to make sure that Canadians are safe and aren't facing extra barriers that are in- inherently unfair. We have a lot of work to do. But uh, choices like this, to rely on vandalism to uh, advance causes, is not going to help anyone move forward the right way. So after he you know, expressed that he's disappointed in this, um, then there were a bunch of demonstrations that took place across the country. Uh, lots of people calling on Canada to defund the police. This is not a new concept. This is what we, you know, we're hearing about in, in like the thick of the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, when everything sort of seemed to come to this big head after, of course, the killing of George Floyd. Um, so reallocate the funds from defunding the police to community organizations that focus on addressing systemic racism and saving BIPOC lives. That seems to be the big push, uh, from demonstrators. Um, and I, you know, it kind of just comes down to whether or not that's going to be enough. Uh, we've then heard from our very own Premier Jason Kenney that if Montreal decides not to reinstall the statue, he'd like to see it installed here on the grounds of our legislature. I'm heartened, however, that the mayor of Montreal has subsequently uh, said uh, publicly that, that they intend to uh, to preserve this, uh, to um, restore the statue and apparently reinstall it and protect it properly thereafter. I'm pleased that the Premier of Quebec has condemned this attack, that uh, the f- a former leader of the Parti Québécois has condemned this vandalism, but so far our Prime Minister has not. Okay, so it looks like it's not going to be uh, re-erected here at the legislature. Uh, Quebec Premier has said that they will put the statue back up. It's owned by the city of Montreal, though. So there may be a bit of a battle between Montreal and the province in terms of whether or not it's actually going to be put back up. Um, right now, the pieces are in storage. Uh, so let's let's get to talking about your opinions on the taking down of the statue, should it get put back up? Does taking it down actually move us towards reconciliation? Uh, so I have Rachel Ann Snow joining me. She's an Indigenous legal advocate and policy analyst. Rachel, first of all, uh, good afternoon. Thanks so much for joining me. I appreciate your time. Good afternoon, Chelsea. So, Rachel, I guess, you know, I wanted to get your perspective on this because I think that this really has or should be prompting a conversation about the treatment of Indigenous people here in this country, which is an issue that we seem to not even now know all of the details of or are scared to really touch or have conversations about. So before we get to that, um, I just want to get your opinion on whether or not you're in favor of pulling this statue down. Do you support the fact that it's now toppled and taken down? Yes, I do. Good. Yeah, I 
I agree with you. I don't know. I don't. I, I certainly can't relate to uh, you know someone who's indigenous and the experience that they must have and the uh, the sadness that they must feel. You know to see something like that every day and and what it represents to so many people johnny mcdonald is the first prime minister of canada and that's kind of it um you know but to the indigenous community he represents uh, a lot more than that as you know one of the main architects of residential schools so i, I guess i want to know rachel do you feel like pulling it down is moving us in the right direction then i mean you're obviously you're in support of the fact that it's been taken down but does this do enough i think that if you look across canada right now and you see some of the representation that we have in statues or in names we are not getting the full picture and i think that the toppling of this statue is looking is going to have a a bigger conversation because that conversation is not happening if you just leave the statue there or if you put it back up if you put that statue back up and you had some indigenous children who were crying and also carved out or some people who were on the plains and who were starving and that statue was there in addition to uh, some writing about what John A. Macdonald stood for I think that that is reconciliation because if you just put a statue back up and say, yeah, we're going to talk about it, uh-huh. that's not reconciliation. That's what's been happening for the past 500 years. And I think that message is not helping the Canadians move forward. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think, you know, there's been kind of this conversation of, well, maybe we can recontextualize this statue. Maybe we put some more details on a plaque or we put a QR code onto the statue and people can scan it and then get the full history. People, I don't think, are going to do that. I think what you just described, you know, the image of crying children ar- around him, that's what brings it to life. Like it, When it's really in your face, that's what people get the message. Uh, otherwise, I don't think that anyone's going to seek out the the negativity that that maybe he represents and i think there's more to john a mcdonald because he had he had made a statement not only the statement about uh the indians being savages but prior to canada becoming canada he had actually lobbied and said you know we have to look after uh they are the original owners so he was very uh he actually was promoting the idea that we need to take special steps to help the indigenous he formed the department of indian affairs when he became the prime minister he also held that post of the first minister of indian affairs because he was still sort of under britain so all these things that he was doing there was a plan in place he knew that there were treaties he knew that the the land was to be shared and then the next steps he took were to undertake you know the biggest genocidal uh, approach in this history, and that's not, and that's not coming across the Canadians. And do you think that that's coming across now in the conversation of pulling this statue down, or are we just caught up in whether or not we should keep these figures from our past up or take them down? Because I feel like even that information, what you just shared, is something that doesn't get highlighted enough. Well, I think that uh, if uh, if we're actually talking about reconciliation, and I think there are a number of Indigenous speakers and Indigenous people, the Indigenous Activist Network, Idle No More, there are some groups who are actively trying to put the education into the forefront so that Canadians can then 
make a decision. But if we don't have the conversation, we're not going to have the change. We need to have the hard conversations. And I'm sure, you know, during other things like the Russian Revolution, when uh, statues that were getting torn and people were getting beheaded, literally, hmm. when that was happening, that there was not a lot of... Um, there was not a lot of pushback or there was actually the the elites were probably pushing back over this trying to keep the status quo and that is very analogous to what we're seeing here today hmm. so uh, where do we go from here Wh- how, how do we prompt having a conversation that everyone will listen to what's what's the next move or or uh, message from the indigenous community from your perspective well, I think that there, the obviously it's a, it's a hard conversation that nobody wants to have. Mm. But if we are actually going to talk about reconciliation, we need to have the hard conversations. We need to talk about the truth behind some of these instances that have happened in Canadian history. Because when you put up a statue of John A. Macdonald as the first prime minister, that's all you're seeing. That's the only history. That's one-sided. That's not reconciliation. When you put up a statue with John A. Macdonald and some of the atrocious things that he did uh, behind him, that's the actual history, that's reconciliation, that's having a conversation. So if we want to do things, um, if we want to move forward, and if we are talking about, well, there's a need to understand the Indigenous perspective. Well, there are Indigenous people who can provide this perspective, who are doing this, but it's always seen as, you know, we're called thugs it's violent it's you know we're vigilantes actually we don't know how aside from continuing to educate how else to get that message across because it's a message that is being uh stopped it's is stopped at a certain point because society does not want to hear this message but it's part of the fabric of who canadians are or what the country has been built on so it's a necessary part if we're moving forward, we're moving forward with all the information. Sure. Yeah, and I think, you know, kind of kind of to your point of, you know, being painted as sort of um, angry or I guess maybe aggressive in your message, if that's how you feel that sometimes um, you, you're coming across. I mean, I can only imagine what it must feel like to face, you know, so much injustice. I would be mad too. Well, yeah, I think there are... I think that uh, that's also an issue. Like, if you look at the what exactly what Prime Minister Trudeau was, he was uh, talking about systemic racism. But the systemic racism, like that we're calling forward, is the system itself. Is that the system itself has built-in compartments that have impeded the indigenous way of thinking, the indigenous way of life, our education, our healthcare, all these things that our people had always relied on. And we're guaranteed that we would live this way with treaty. Even John A. Macdonald himself said this. Yes, they, you know, we have to have, we have to make sure that there is an understanding between going forward between two nations. And then he turned around and said it set up the path system and did all put people on reserve and cut rations and did all these other things. You know, James Dastruck has this in, in his book, Clearing the Plains. Things like that should be actual uh, books that every Canadian studies in some Indigenous course, when they get to the high school level or first-year university, that would start to set the stage or start to set the uh, conversation so that there was more information that could be debated instead of a high level of ignorance 
and very few people being able to adequately put articulate what the indigenous side is. I'm glad that you touched on that because I think that that's something that could that could move us all forward in such a big way. It, you know, it, it is is maybe like having these conversations that are difficult and learning about this history of our country in school. I mean, personally, I I I remember barely scratching the surface about uh, residential schools when I was in high school. It, it it was something that was like sort of just glossed over is is that where we need to begin the change is sort of you know amongst young people who are you know a lot of the demonstrators and the protesters that are calling for for change you know is that sort of where we start we start this conversation well that could be part of because inclusive included in not only in just trying to sort of set the record straight with history we are talking about all the beautiful and the spiritual tenets that the indigenous people hold, which is protecting the environment, which is sharing with your neighbor. If COVID has taught us anything, it's that we have to look after one another, be kind. And these are actual values that the indigenous people have. So you wouldn't be just learning about this horrific history. You would also be learning about some of the beautiful things, some of the teachings that our people have. And that I think is also a necessary exercise because it might stop the stereotyping it might stop some of the things that are happening that seem to be getting out of control in regular normal society and day-to-day incidences if we want to stop those things from happening then we have to learn how to get along and Mm -hmm. we also have to learn the benefits or the the good the kindness the love the beauty that is exists within the indigenous culture I think you're absolutely right. And I think when you're armed with that information, you're a lot less um, guarded and defensive. You know, I think that that, that comes from this, this like really divisive place that we're in right now comes from a lack of understanding one another. And, a, and I think a lack of willingness to understand because we don't like to admit that we're wrong. And I'll fully admit that I don't know nearly enough about the indigenous culture, you know, that, that I think most Canadians probably should. Where do you, where do you start? Like if someone's listening to this and they're saying, okay, I want to acknowledge some of my ignorance and I want to understand a little bit more. Where do you begin, Rachel? Well, Chelsea, I don't have a show on 630 Chad yet. <laughs> but when that starts, I will be doing it every morning. No, I'm just kidding. I I think that there are there are places that you can go to now. There are some good programs. There are some critical dialogues that I know that happen at the at the Royal Albert uh, Royal Alberta Museum. Uh, Chiniki, we have this Chiniki discussions where we bring in people who have written on different topics and they have a discussion and they they post that it's online and you can go into these sorts of discussions and you can hear the two sides or you can hear a side that hasn't been heard but again it's sort of volunteer so not necessarily do people want to volunteer or want to take it upon themselves to go learn that this is the same as the TRC the Truth and Reconciliation talks. They ask for people to go be a witness. And you'd have to go and you'd have to listen to these horrific stories of survivors from the residential school. And people didn't want to go to be a witness because it hurt them and it it made them feel upset to be part of that process. So what we're essentially asking is, you know, for people to face some ugly truths and ugly reality. And they don't want to do that. And that's, you know, it seems... uh, really uh hypocritical to us because we lived them 
yeah, uh, of course. I mean, I can only I can only imagine. I mean, um, ten minutes of discomfort to five hundred years of uh, of uh, atrocities. I I don't think it's too much to ask people for ten minutes a semester, an afternoon. But then again, with balance. With balance, if you're asked, you know, I know it, uh, in Calgary, too, they have the Heritage Park. So they have people come in. They have Indigenous people greet them, talk to them about teepees and some of the things we did. And so that's like a family-oriented uh, event where people can go and learn some of the history. So things like that that are available because we have such beautiful space in Alberta. There yeah. is a lot of places and there are a lot of, there are 42 bands in Alberta who are here and who are, who have teachers, who have storytellers, who have something beautiful about their community. I think, you know, that has to, that should be fo- highlighted or at the forefront of Alberta tourism or heritage. I- yeah, and I think you're. I think that you're onto something there about kind of highlighting like the beautiful side of the culture as well, and not making it all so, um, you know, hard to confront. I think when you're when you're embracing, you know, kind of the the goodness that 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 is there to discover. I think that's a really unique way of of saying, look, there's information that we all need to know, and it doesn't all necessarily need to be bad news. There could be some good that goes hand in hand with that. It makes it a lot, I think, easier for for most people to swallow. I just want to get your your feedback here before we run out of time with you. I feel like I could talk to you all afternoon. Um, but on the idea of putting this, going back to the statue, the idea of putting it back up, uh, the Quebec Premier has said that they're going to re-erect it. What do you think that does to move things forward or, or backward? Well, I think that I think that isn't. I think what they are looking, they're looking at more as property and vandalism, which is in uh, possibly maintaining the status quo or that that system that representation of systemic racism and i don't think that's going forward i think that's going backward i think the points that i mentioned earlier with the the caveat or something underneath or additions to that statue right beside it that needs to happen so that the full picture is given so that people can then make a decision on, on their own Awesome. Okay, Rachel, thank you so much for the time this afternoon. I really appreciate the chat and the, and the conversation. We'll welcome you back anytime. <laughs> when when you do thank have you, that Chelsea. show, you have me as a guest, okay? <laughs> thank you so much. I mean, uh, I really appreciated your questions and your openness. And thank you to your producer and everybody who had me involved in this this afternoon. Have a good day. Well, thanks for saying that. Yeah, we'll talk again soon. Take care. That's Rachel Ann Snow. She's an Indigenous legal advocate and policy analyst. So interesting conversation. Uh, you know, and I, it does kind of all tie back to this idea of this statue being toppled and a lot of opinions, of course, uh, on it. Um, opinions on both sides. Um, someone saying uh, that it absolutely should be put back up. Um, you know, and then there's the other argument of, of well, who's perfect in history, who who can we possibly look at in the past and say there's zero skeletons in their closet, and therefore they're they're perfect, and so then they can be put up. And I I see that side of it. I also understand the side of hey, we want some some Canadian history to be something that we see in our daily lives and in our environment and our community. And so having a statue of someone that was a historical figure is a way to do that. Um, but I think that. How often are you walking past a statue and reading the plaque or looking into what that person represents or was all about and really going into detail? I know I certainly uh, am not doing that uh, it often or if if ever. Um, so let me know your thoughts on, on what Rachel 
said and and what she shared uh, obviously we know that it's not going to be uh, erected here in Alberta so that conversation that that point made by Jason Kenney is um, kind of a, a non-conversation now but uh, that's another angle of it too why why would he do that maybe to serve as a as a bit of a distraction uh, maybe right now considering um, his approval rating is is somewhat low